Welcome to Kogod in the Know, a podcast brought to you by the Kogod School of Business at American University. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. This is season two of our podcast, giving you a behind-the-scenes look into life at Kogod. This season is all about experiential learning, a philosophy and practice at the center of Kogod's business education that answers the question that employers ask, will this graduate be job ready on day one? We're going to be speaking to current students, successful alumni, professors, and even CEOs of Fortune 500 companies on how this one-of-a-kind, hands-on approach sets Kogod apart. So stay with us for some great conversations ahead. And without further ado, today we will be exploring the global learning program here at Kogod, and specifically the immersion programs which complement online learning by furthering students' connections and knowledge in a real-world setting. With me today is Josue Oliveras, a Kogod alumni who had the opportunity to do one such immersion in Italy, and Jolie Rader, who is the director of the entire global program. Let's introduce our first guest, Jolie. My name is Jolie Rader. I'm the director of global learning programs with the Kogod School of Business. Uh, that is a fancy way to say study abroad. So essentially I oversee all study abroad programming that we do in the Kogod School of Business. Uh, and I've been here for a little over 10 years now. Okay, great. Now, usually I associate studying abroad more with undergrads. Can you touch on the rarity of a program like this within a graduate degree? The reality is in the U.S., it's only about 10.9% of all students who have the opportunity to study abroad. And when you shrink that down to graduate students, it's only about 12% of that 10.9% of graduate students who study abroad. And you shrink it down even further to professional schools, and it's like 0.5%, 0.6%. So it's this really, really minuscule number of graduate students who actually have the opportunity to participate in an international experiential program like this. And I think that's a real differentiator for, for our students. And so we talk at the end of the program about how to incorporate the experience into their resume, how to incorporate it into cover letters and LinkedIn, and how to talk about it in, in their own careers and in future uh, career opportunities, because it's something that not everybody has the experience to do, and it can it can be a real value add for our students. Wow. Yeah, I imagine it's a huge value add for your students. Speaking of those students, let's introduce our other guest for the day. My name is Josue. I am an alumni of American University. I recently finished the graduate program here at the Kogart School of Business and got my MBA. I currently work in the Washington, D.C. area. Great to have you here, Josue. So... Tell us where you traveled as part of this program. We got to go on a one-week trip to Italy, uh, planned by American University. Spent the first few days learning about technology and how it could be used to combat fakes in the fashion industry, particularly in Milan. And then the later half of the week, we spent down in Tuscany, learning how technology can be used to better the vineyards and winemaking process in Italy. Wow. Working with a vineyard in Italy? That doesn't sound too painful. So, Josue, I'm assuming your profession is not in fashion or the wine industry. So, I'd love to know, what is your current job, and how did this experience affect you? Certainly. Um, so, I'm an accountant. I currently work at a nonprofit here in D.C. that aims to prevent homelessness. I work in the finance department, making sure that grant funding gets distributed to homeless shelters across the city in the D.C. metro area. But going to Italy really 
for me, work is all about going and looking at numbers and seeing how we can reduce costs and how we can really stretch our buck as much as possible. Uh, but seeing being in Italy, everybody's so laid back. It's almost the exact opposite than here in America. You've got people who really they like to work because for them, it's their pride. They're putting their best forward, as I mentioned, and they're not really concerned about the profits. They're not saying, how do this affect the bottom line? They're saying, how does this make people look better? How does this make people feel comfortable? How do we keep up with the trends instead of keeping up with the profits? That is such a keen observation. Not everyone is as hyper-focused on productivity and the bottom line as we are in the U.S., Someone can read about this in a textbook or hear about it in a lecture, but until you actually experience it, it will just be a theory. This, of course, is one of the many benefits of traveling abroad and even more specifically, working with the professionals abroad like you did. So after you had this experience, do you yourself operate in a different manner or did it just reinforce your existing habits? I would say it definitely changed my perspective on on things. Here is very much... Before I went there, I would very much just very rigid, not really rigid, but kind of just I'd show up, do my work and then kind of get through the day as best as I could. And ever since I came back, I've just kind of approached work so much differently. I go in and I try to make the best of it as much as I can. I try to enjoy it as much as I can. I don't try to look as my job as just a job anymore because over there, everybody it wasn't just a job. It was just something that they would do as part of their daily lives. And then they they go in, they do some work, uh, talk with customers try to figure some things out, have some wine, and then go out and have a dinner. And so I, I try to incorporate those kind of feelings as much as I can ever since I came back. Wow. That is amazing to hear. Jolie, is this the main goal of the immersion programs, to have a life-changing experience? Or are there other goals as well? There's a number of different goals of the immersion, right? And so one of the the opportunities for us in particular, because these are online programs, is an opportunity to really develop soft skills and networking skills. So a key component of the immersion is that the students work in teams on a project um, and they present at the at the end, which I think is a different experience for a lot of our online students because they're used to presenting over Zoom. And it's a completely different experience when you're standing in front of a room and you're sort of speaking on the fly. Um, they practice their networking skills, speaking with our with our guest speakers. Whenever we're able to, we try to do some sort of an alumni event. Um, but we also want to make sure that students are understanding some of the nuances of working across cultures, working across language barriers, understanding the differences between how public and private sectors interact with one another, and just sort of understanding all of those intricacies that go along with working in a global environment. The fact that you require an immersion program for your online programs is just so cool. We've been talking a lot about experiential learning this season, and I love how that concept even makes its mark for the online students. So, Jolie, can you take us through a day in the life of a student on your typical immersion? Yeah. So our days um, are very busy. I'm sure Josue can speak <laughs> speak to that. We keep everybody moving uh, pretty much all day. We try to visit um, our speakers at their place of, of work whenever we can. Sometimes we have to bring people into the hotel. Um, so typically we'll start with a maybe a speaker in the morning um, in the hotel and then we'll, we'll go out somewhere. Um, for this program, we went to a couple of different stores because, of course, we were in Milan exploring the fashion industry. So the group went to Bulgari one day. We went to another store called Loro Piana. Um, 
and we went to visit the Milan Fashion Institute, and we had a, a guest presentation from a faculty member. And then our first day in Milan, we closed out the day by doing a competition-style cooking class where the students worked with uh, a couple of chefs and, and had some recipes for some traditional Italian recipes, and, and we had a little bit of a British Bake Off-style competition, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. I love hearing about all of these hands-on projects that the students get to take part in. So continuing with that line of thinking, can you talk about the importance of experiential learning and how COGOT aims to maximize its benefits? Yeah, I mean, I think that there, there's, there's so much value to these international programs. Our students are so accustomed to doing cases and talking about sort of theoretical things in their classrooms. But when they're speaking with uh, the guest speakers that we bring in from a variety of companies, and they're hearing about the real day-to-day issues that they're addressing in their jobs, right? And and uh, helping to provide some feedback and thinking critically uh, to come up with solutions. So in the case of the Italy program, the students were really thinking about ways that technology can be better utilized to combat um, fakes fakes in Italian fashion and intellectual property theft. Um, And some of these companies have some really wonderful ideas that are already in place and underway, and others are really struggling to come up with with things to implement to to deal with, with intellectual property theft. And so our students are really thinking critically and looking at what a variety of different companies are doing and sort of consolidating their ideas. And they come up with a with a presentation um, if, as if they were presenting to a company on what their solutions would be to better implement technology. Amazing. So, Josue, do you remember any of the, the takeaways from the presentations that you had to give? Oh, I have many, many takeaways. Obviously, leading up to these immersions, we do a lot of research, write, write a lot of papers, try to learn as much about technology as possible. I'm At this point, I'm probably the world's leading expert in blockchain technology because that was something that they really tried to uh, have us research and get into. Uh, and one of the technologies we found was called NFCs. It's this little small chip that you can put inside your clothes and your phone can scan it. And it gives you all the information you need on the piece of fabric, the size of it, the color, where you bought it, so on and so forth. And we found out on the second day through one of the speakers that a brand, Salvatore Ferragamo, actually uses these chips in their shoes. And they found that most of their customers come into the store and request it to be turned off because they don't really like the phone constantly going off, letting them know, hey, this is a real pair of shoes. Hey, this is where your shoes are right now. Hey, this is this. And so for us, it's kind of, okay, this was a great technology, but in practice, it's not really all that helpful to the customer. So then we had to kind of change our perspective. Not only is it, do we want something that's authenticating the product, but it has to be something that is convenient to both the customer and the store. That's a great insight and something you can only observe by actually being at the store and seeing how the customers behave with the technology. Now, earlier on in this conversation, you touched on the fact that one of the main differences that you observed in Italy was how the people were more concerned with the quality of the product and less with the bottom line. What was that experience like with the apparel stores that you had the opportunity to visit? Yeah, certainly. We really got an in-depth kind of tour of all these stores and how they're kind of designed and as well as what they pride themselves on. It was very nice to see how Italian brands specifically, they pride themselves on their materials, on their products. They want to make sure that what they have is the best that they can offer. And 
as soon as you walk in that door, you know you're transported somewhere else. It's completely different than an American store. You just go in and you see the finest luxury products. People are there to help you. Whatever you need help with, they will assist you. They even make tailored custom items in some certain stores. They have like a little fitting room or if you want a specific fabric, you like something, but you don't really like that color, they can go in and they can make it for you right then and there. Sounds like there is such a strong emphasis on making the entire shopping experience very pleasant to the customer. And and the same was, was true of the wine, right? They were concerned with, you know, growing the, the wine and making an amazing product and, and less so with, with the financials, right? Correct. They were very much want to make the best wine possible. Um, they We learned about their classification system. The OCG is the highest that you can get in Italy, and you can only make a certain number of bottles. They're distributed between the, the vineyards. You get a certain amount to make per year. And so they want to make sure that their grapes are the best uh, that they can make and that their wine tastes the best because they want to keep that kind of classification as high as possible. Yeah, wow, what a cool experience. And, and yeah, so different from... Um, from your day-to-day and your regular job being an accountant and, as you said, trying to stretch a dollar as far as you can. And this is the, this is pretty much the opposite of that. Correct. I'm so used to just being in a windowless room and over there we got to spend time out in the beautiful, beautiful countryside, especially down in Tuscany. The vineyards we visited were a sight. Pictures cannot do it justice. It was just so nice to be out there to experience that. Yeah, I'm jealous. Sounds amazing. So let's talk about the presentations that you had to give here. What takeaways do you have from here? Uh, what stuck with me, I think, it was when the Italian Wine Institute came, stopped by, and they told us that you can have the best technology in the world going through all the data. And it, it, the guy that's working in the field for the past 10, 15, 20 years, he's going to know more about those grapes than any machine can ever tell you. And for me, that kind of stuck with me because I've had managers who've come in in previous rows. They would come in and they apply all these theories that they've read about, they've researched, that they learned in school and say, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to apply this to this person and this to that. And this is how we're going to maximize. But then they get slapped with reality when they find out that the people that have been there longer know how things operate much better. And so that kind of just made me feel you can do all the research, but being there, being hands-on, getting into the weeds, that's where you're going to get most of your experience. I think you hit it right on the head here, Hosway. It was Albert Einstein himself who said, the only source of knowledge is experience. No amount of theoretical work will ever compete with actual hands-on experience. I think the most obvious example of this principle in action is through the discipline of learning a new language. You can study a foreign language for the entirety of your educational career, and it would still not compare to actually going and living in the place where that language is spoken. Now, Jolie, this makes me think about how lucky you are here. You were able to experience so many of these immersions and learn all these principles firsthand. Can you talk to that? Yeah, I mean, I, I get to go on a lot of them as a part of my job, and it's always interesting for me because I learn I learned so much that I just didn't know didn't know before. We did a program a couple of years ago where we went to Kenya and we were really focusing on the coffee and tea industries. Um, And, you know, I was making so many comparisons in my mind between those two industries and the wine industry in particular, because there's so many interesting differences with how the government regulates those industries and what all the rules are and the processes and how how everything is exported and sold within the country. It's very interesting. 
That must be so fascinating to be able to compare and find synergies between all of these immersion programs. It is, and it's a lot of fun too. We get, you know, our faculty get a real opportunity to be really creative and very often for our faculty, it's an opportunity for them to sort of do a deep dive on something that uh, they've always been interested in, but haven't necessarily found a way to integrate into their everyday teaching. So I think it's it's a really fun experience for everybody who's involved in the process. It seems like it. So Josue, what about the after hours, the extracurricular elements, if you will? Can you give us a little taste into what your experience was like when you were done with your work for the day? Well, as Joel kind of mentioned earlier, the first night we had that one cooking class and that was kind of meant as a group building uh, project. And I would have to say, uh, in my two years working on group projects at AU, I would say that that was probably the most stressful group project I've ever had to do. And it was only an hour long. Uh, But it's one of those things where you kind of, you're meeting new people that you've, it's an online program. So a lot of the people that you have classes with, some of them may be in DC. There's a few up in New York, down in Florida, Texas, Mississippi, California, even. But you're meeting these people in person and you're getting to do these activities with them. And that first night really kind of brought, I feel, a lot of people together. And those other few nights, um, I mostly spent with my group that I presented with. We would go out to dinners or just shopping in Milan, try to buy some clothes, or out to dinner to try to try out their pasta, see what food works best. Just kind of involve ourselves into the the community because you only have so much time. We're only there for a weekend. We're spending most of our days during these site visits, but we want to also explore the country as much as we can. So we're really kind of staying out and Jolie, sorry, but we kind of, you know, some of us didn't get back until two, three in the morning. Uh, That's okay. As long as you made it to all of our meetings in the mornings and for the most part, as long as you made it to the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That, that was the most important thing. The bus leaves at this time. If you're not there, you're going to have to just make sure you're at the bus at this time. (laughs) That is all part of the experience, man. Hostway, this all just sounds like such an incredible experience. And it, it really was. I, I'd say it was it was my first time stepping in Europe. So for me, as a first experience flying over the Atlantic. And I would say it was, it couldn't have gone any better. And I'd like to thank Jolie and her team for kind of scheduling everything. Because normally when you go on these trips, you're nervous. Like, I, what am I going to do? But everything was planned out during the day. And then in the afternoon, you have all these people that you kind of met and learned with. And they can help you figure out, oh, this restaurant sounds good. Let's go here. This store sells good stuff. Let's go here. So on and so forth. And and do you still keep in touch with anyone that was you know on this program or on your team? I still text our group chat for our group about uh, updates. You know, sometimes I find a bottle of wine from Rufino and I'm just like, oh, look, it's $25 here at Target. Or, uh, or I go out to an, a dinner at an Italian restaurant. It's like, oh, this reminds me of back home. It's great memories. Great memories indeed. This entire experience of immersion programs provides a life-altering experience for the students and the faculty involved. Everything from getting to work firsthand with the foreign companies to connecting and bonding with fellow students ensures no one involved will ever look at their own local landscape the same way again. It is said that learning is defined as a change in behavior. Well, if we take that to be true, then these immersion programs and the entire ecosystem of experiential learning here at COGOD are in fact the perfect vessel for those looking to become the best version of themselves. That's it for today's episode. Stay with us this season for many more inspiring and insightful conversations as we continue to explore experiential learning here at COGOD.